Hello everyone, this is Pastor Ronke Lulano of Harmony Christian Center. Thank you for joining our podcast today. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the message. Today, by the grace of God, we shall be looking at the story of two women in the Bible. Both women had an encounter with Prophet Elisha, but their needs were different. Each and every one of us, our needs vary. But the same God is present here to meet every one of us and our individual needs. If you believe that, say amen. As long as we learn to call upon him, he surely will answer us and show himself strong and mighty on our behalf. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask us to open our Bibles right now to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 17. It's a passage that we know very well. We're quite familiar with, you know, most of the stories. This is not a woman's day message. It's a message that's applicable to every one of us as long as we open our spirits to hear what the Lord will have us know. Second Kings chapter 4. Please bear with me as I read. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your husband, that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons and be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? If it's your Bible, if it's your, uh, your device, you can highlight that place. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Someone say, shut the door. May we know when to shut the door in Jesus' name. Shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door. Thank God for the spirit of obedience. Shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons leave. On the rest. Someone today will receive an opening, an instruction to a miracle that will cause them to live the rest of their lives in plenty and in fullness in Jesus' name. Verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem. So we're on the second woman now. Where there was a notable woman. I believe God there are notable women in this house. Notable women of God. Notable woman for the kingdom of God. Notable woman in the marketplace. Notable woman that God has positioned for such a time as this to cause, pa- to cause pandemonium even to the kingdom of Satan. Notable woman that when your name is mentioned, the devil begins to shake. Notable woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please 
let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. May the Lord open our eyes even to the areas of need that he has positioned us for in our time in Jesus' name. Verse 11, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us all with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell amongst my people. So he said, what then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually... She has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. About this time next year, you shall embrace a job. About this time next year, you shall embrace a property. About this time next year, you shall embrace an opening in your business beyond your imagination. About this time next year, you will sing of the accelerated progress that the Lord has done for you from today in the name of Jesus. About this time next year, you will return to testify of the goodness of the Lord concerning your family. About this time next year, your children's worries that you have shall be gone in the name of Jesus. About this time next year, the Lord will do a mighty miracle in your home. About this time next year, you will return to testify that the Lord has done that which is outstanding to you beyond your imagination, exceedingly abundantly, beyond what you can even ask or think, because it is the doing of the Lord. About this time next year, I say the report concerning your health, it shall be turned to good in Jesus' name. About this time next year, that that they are thinking his cancer would have disappeared. About this time next year, I said that fibroid that is problematic, it shall have disappeared or disintegrated. About this time next year, the trouble that is troubling you would have been removed and you will be promoted in the name of Jesus. About this time next year, someone is handling a new contract beyond what they can even ask or think and say, Lord, how did this happen? Because you called upon the Lord. So shall it be. I hear the Lord saying, someone is troubled here this day. But about this time next year, you will testify of the peace of the Lord that surpasses all human understanding. That you cannot even put your hand on it, on how God made it to be. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated, people of God. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your servant. You know, when some miracles and some things are so, so great beyond what you're expecting, like Sarah, when the angel of the Lord told her that she was going to have it, she said, please, shall my Lord have pleasure again? Will I still be able to bear a child? You know, when God turns, the Bible says in Psalm 126, when the Lord turned around the captivity of Zion, 
We were like them who dreamt. I say you will come and testify of that which is like a dream concerning you in Jesus' name. Because truly only God can do that. But the Bible tells me, but the woman conceived. I say you will conceive. You will not just conceive. You will bear forth. You will bring forth. People will see it. That which you have seen in the spirit. That which you have handled in the spirit. You will come and testify openly with your mouth. In the name of Jesus. It will no longer be something you are just thinking about. It will no longer be something you are just imagining. But you will handle it. And you will testify about it. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. From these two accounts of the women that we read, as I said earlier on, each one of them had an encounter with Prophet Elisha, who here is a representative of God. In their meeting with this man of God, each one acted or responded differently because we're all unique based on their personal situation and condition. The widow of the prophet was recently bereaved she was broken, she was embittered, she was beggarly, she was bewildered. On the other hand, the Shunammite woman was comfortable, confident, contented, charismatic, caring, and carefree. Despite their opposing personal situations, they both still needed the intervention of God in their lives. They were both about to have a life-changing, life-transforming, and heavily orchestrated encounter. May you today, in the name of Jesus, have an heavenly orchestrated encounter in the name of Jesus. As you hold on to his word, so shall it be for you. One had a need that had taken over her whole life, while the other did not even feel that she had a need at all. She was completely past caring or even asking. We're going to talk about that more later. Even when Geazi asked her, what can be done for you, this Shunammite woman? Her reply was, I'm a woman amongst my own people, and I'm comfortable. In other words, I am fine. Thank you. The widow, however, did not know where the next meal was going to come from. All she had was a jar of oil. And even her own very two sons were about to be taken away from her. That which you have shall not be taken away from you in Jesus' name. Perhaps you're here today, or you're online joining us, and you're part, or you're that, under the sound of my voice, listening to this message. It does not matter which category you fall into, whether it's a Shunammite woman, or whether it is the wife of the prophets, the widow of the prophets. God is here right now to meet you at the very point of your need, and he will. You may be down to your last few pounds, or the cash points machine may have just rejected your card, even this week. You do not know how you pay, you pay your next mortgage, or the bills that are coming through the door. Even the universal credits cannot stretch any far anymore. Jehovah God of heaven will come through for you. You will not be left helpless and hopeless. God has a way of coming through. The psalmist says, I've been old and I've been young. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or is seed begging bread. This encounter that you may be having right now, you will not die there in Jesus' name. 
the widow of the prophet, God came through for her. The same God is still on the throne and it will come through for you too in Jesus' name. On the other hand, yours may not be financial, but you do have need. You do, you do, because you do not have need of money. But your marriage is your pain. Or you lack someone you can relate to as a companion or even someone you can call a child of your own. Maybe like the Shunammite woman, you are past caring. I want you to know that Jehovah sees. Jehovah knows. And he will surprise you and come through for you beyond even your wildest imagination in Jesus' name. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we have need of. In Jeremiah 33 verse 3, he says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not even yet know of. Because he knows that sometimes we become kind of immune. We block it off, the things that we're going through. But he knows the needs that, we, that he is going to provide for us. And he alone is the giver and blesser of every good thing. James 1 verse 17 tells us, every good and every perfect gift is from above. From the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness. No shadow of turning. I've got news for you. God's recollections concerning you does not vary. Man's recollections about you may vary. But when God's recollections concerning you is right in his front, you are, the, you are engraved in the palm of his hand. You are the apple of his eye. The very hair of your head is numbered. So God's recollections about you can never and will never vary. He knows exactly where you're hurting. He knows exactly what you have need of. And he knows the time in which he's going to bring it to you. If somebody believes that, say a big mighty amen. No matter how complex your situation is, we have a God who is what we call the unwavering lover. And that's the title of this message. The unwavering lover. He is the unwavering lover who never changes. Man may disappoint you. Man may walk out of your life. Man may not even want to walk out of your life, but circumstances and situations makes it so. But the unwavering lover is right there by your side. I kind of believe that the widow did not expect that God would come through so much in the way he did. But he that knows what she has need of, beyond, it's not just about, oh, don't let them take my sons. It's beyond even not taking your sons. Even what you are going to feed on and continue to grow and live on, he provided for her. I said, beyond what you're thinking, God would do exceedingly abundantly for you in Jesus' name. No matter how complex your situation is with your health, with your children, with your mind, with your pending court case, the God who is the unwavering and unfailing God will surely come through in Jesus' name. Looking at these two uh, stories of this wonderful woman in this passage, isn't it amazing that exactly what each of these women needed is what the other has? Have you thought about it? The widow had sons but she had no money. The Shunammite woman had money, but she had no son. If we are going to look at it logically, or we are going to do it and handle it our way, 
The Shunammite woman could have said, give me one son and I'll give you money. At least only one son you're giving me, I'm not asking for more. Are you with me? But God is trying to let us know something in there if you look with the eye of the spirit. It is not your calculation. It is not your two plus two that will make it. Ah, that person, if I only can meet that man, which man? If you just imagine that if truly for everyone who has ever had a child here, just imagine, no matter how many your sons, even if they are 10, are you happy to give out a son to get back money? You would rather suffer and say, Lord, I trust you to bring something for us to eat than to sell your own son. Sometimes, you know, we have a way of thinking. I think by the time I meet this person, the business contacts, the report of that doctor, if it was this particular doctor that I saw, I know something. Oh, the lawyer I'm using, oh dear. I wish I was in the position in that room when he came. That job. They said that there's a particular person who likes black people. He wasn't there the day I did my interview. Who told you? It is not what you think. It is not what you can put together. It is what Jehovah God Almighty has orchestrated for you. May the Lord open the eye of the spirit for us to know that it is only God that will surely deliver us and indeed come through for us in every of the things that we are trusting him for. For the help of man will fail. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But they that trust in the name of the Lord shall never be put to shame. Psalm 20 verse 7. That's what the psalmist says. Many of us have made too many mistakes looking unto man. Thinking a man will save me. Thinking one man will help. Thinking one brother or one sister. Thinking I have a connection here. Every human connection will fail. Even if they don't fail and they help you today. Tomorrow they will ask you. Ah, do you have you forgotten that we are the ones that helped you to get to where you are getting to? That is making me remember that this is for somebody who is about to hand over their life, hand over their business. I can't tell exactly what it is you're about to hand over, but the Lord is saying to you, don't. As that song is coming to me, is making me to say to you right now, don't think that that help is coming from that source that you're looking to. It could be something this week you're about to embark on. God is saying to you, don't. Don't. Because all of your help comes from him. And God will not share his glory with anyone. God will not what? Share his glory with any man. Anything you can trace back to man, know that God's hand is not in it. And this is specifically... For somebody who has thought, ah, at last, I can see a solution. But God is saying to you, it ain't so, my daughter. It ain't so, my child. Because what I have for you is far beyond what you're thinking. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Because of time. I want to bring out six things from this passage, which are six nuggets of progress from these two passages of scripture that we read. The first thing, acknowledge your true situation to God. This shows that you're ready for help. 
The widow cried out of her pain to the man of God. She did not hide her desperate need. Seek help where you may find it. Because when you visit a doctor or a lawyer, you have to say the truth. Otherwise, they can't help you. Don't be in need and hide your situation from those who can help you in God's house. This can lead to depression, mental health situations, and there's help available in this house. Help may not be, I can't speak for every other place. I'm not saying there's no help any other place, but I can guarantee you there's help available in this house. All you need is speak to the right person. And Jehovah Lord God will come through for you in Jesus' name. There is nothing that God cannot solve if we are ready to allow him to. First Kings 17 verse 10. The widow of Zarephath, she was gathering sticks to go and cook the last meal for her and her son to eat and die. When the prophet asked, what was she doing? She wasn't lying. She said exactly what it was. And the minute she opened up exactly what it was, therein lied the road to her breakthrough. My brother and my sister, acknowledge your true situation to God. Peter, when Jesus met him in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, what are you doing? He says, Master, I have done what? Toiled all night. And caught nothing. Don't go and try and cover. And say, ah. Peter could have lied because he felt ashamed. Eh? What if the master says, is this what you should be doing? Is that the way you should be? He could have covered it. What are you doing, Peter? Ah, they just came and, they just came and removed the whole shipment of uh, fish right now. We're about to catch the next bit. Please don't lie. Acknowledge it. Because when you acknowledge it, and when you allow God, they allow the Holy Spirit to take control, there's nothing that he cannot put right. Praise the Lord. The next point, God never leaves us with nothing. God does not what? He never leaves us empty. That there is absolutely nothing that you can point to that you have. There will always be something in your hand that you can use to start again. Even if you feel you're down to ground zero, there is still something that God has left you with. The widow of Zarephath had only a cruise of oil and, uh, and a jar handful of flour. The widow in this story had only a cruise of oil. The disciples, though they caught nothing, they, were still, they still had a net. And they still had the boats. You are never left with nothing. The, the boy with the, the little boy had five loaves and two fishes. God does not leave you empty. There is something in your hand that God can use. Your voice, God can use it. You may think, oh, what kind of voice have I got? If you submit that voice to him, God will use it to raise you up. Your skills, God can use it. You may think, oh, some people are far better than me. But the skills that you have, I say, Lord, here it is. God will elevate you with it in Jesus name. I say your home that you think is nothing. God can use it to turn it around and it becomes the place and the point of reference towards your breakthrough. God does not leave you with nothing. Your experiences that you've had, even including the pain and the challenges, God can still use it to be the breakthrough towards where you're going. Women hear me, right? Your shoes and your bags that have stayed in the closet over the lockdown, God can still use it. Some of us need to start to do eBay business. Go on eBay. Put some of them. Uh, what you think is nothing, God already has put someone there 
reaching to get it from you. Be ready to know that there is something. Look inward and say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see what I have. That could be the link towards solving your problem. God can use what you have in your hand to take you to where he has prepared for you. Just hand it over to him and trust him to lead you. Praise God. God is good. The third point I've got here, your service and giving unto God will open doors for you. Your service and giving unto God will do what? Open doors for you. This Shunammite man must have gone past focusing on and not having a child. Like I said, it wasn't a focus point of her life. Yes, she did not give back. On, she did not hold back on giving. Rather, she was thinking of other areas in which she could be more of a blessing. She was the one that said to the husband, I think this man of God that comes here has, you know, we can house him beyond just giving him food. What is it that you're doing right now? That you know in your heart of hearts that you can do more. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. It was, she wasn't doing it because she wanted the man of God necessarily to bless her. She was doing it because she just felt, I am in a position to be a blessing. What is it that God has blessed you with that others do not have, that you can be a blessing even to them? It reminds me of the story of Hannah. In the days when, in 1 Samuel, you can look, there, look at the account. In the days when she was trusting God for the fruit of the womb. And her arrival, Penina, worried her sore. She kept making fun of her. But each year, the Bible tells us that her husband, Elkanah, gave her double portions of blessing and gifts each time they were going to go to Shiloh. What do you think she was doing with those gifts? She would have been using it to bless other people that perhaps had children but did not have money. She would have been using it to bless other people that came there, that had a need, and she had more than enough. There is something that you can do, even whilst you're waiting for that, that you feel, well, God will do it when he wants to do it. I'm not going to hold down my life. Many of us know our, our testimony here, Pastor and myself, that we always say in our years of waiting, because you go through, I mean, you can't say the whole 10 years was exactly like that. The initial years were like, ah, of course, when is it happening? Try this, try that. But after we've gone past trying, we just focus on God. Equally in the Bible, Zechariah and Elizabeth, in Luke chapter 1 from verse 5 to 13, Zechariah was serving as it was his duty going into the Holy of Holies, into the temple, to burn incense whilst all the people were outside praying. He had gone past caring about when would the child come? When would the husband come? When would the job come? When would this come? Mm -mm -mm. I will still keep serving my God and doing what I know to do. And as you're doing it, God will bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. The Lord will come through for you at the place of your service. Whatever you're doing, keep trusting God and do not give up. Moving on quickly. Do I have any men in the house or on the line? Hear me right. This, this particular verse applies to both, but more importantly to men. Be open and transparent to your spouse. Be what? Open and transparent to your spouse. Please let your spouse be aware of all your financial transactions. 
including debts. When I counsel young couples, I say to them, please, today, tell her, which debt do you have? Tell him, which debt do you have? And if you already started on, in that way, that there's nothing hidden, it's not as if 10 years or five years later, I say, ah, you know, I'm sorry, only there's 120,000 that I borrowed in that time. But because I couldn't afford it, the thing has is mounted up. I always just ignore it that God will say to ah, God will say to what? It doesn't work like that. Even the prophet here, the prophetic gifting did not settle the debts. The prophet of prophets, no matter what word he was given, did not what? Clear the debts. He died. I kind of believe he didn't share it with his wife. He died, and now they wanted his son. Even after he has gone, in his grave, what they are thinking of him is, ah, this man died and left us what? In debt. He didn't leave them penniless. He left them what? In debt. And they are about to take the sons. Men in the house. Men on the line. Please, don't enter into dealings that will bring embarrassments to your family. It's a very, very tricky position to be in. Because instead of your soul being remembered for good, people are, sometimes when you go to funerals, people are crying. It's not crying. They're not crying because of the person that died. They are crying. That, ah! Look at what this man has done to us. May that not be your portion in Jesus' name. A word is enough for the wise. We can avoid living a life of distress and embarrassment. And be open with integrity with one another. Women! Some women like online shopping. Let me go there. Online. It's like, the thing is just catching me. Online. Online. Press button. Press button. Press, 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 press. You press all the button. Each time they keep knocking on your door. Amazon. This one. In fact, Boohoo. Uh, which one again? There are so plenty now. Zara, Zara, Zara is old now. Eh? Asos. In fact, some of the names are so funny. Pretty little thing. Abba. You keep buying, 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 buying. Some of it is just rags. By the time you're finished buying everything, you're almost bought out. Look at the account. Ah! Why are they deducting this in my account? Ah! Why are they deducting? They're not deducting it. Men, if you have wives that are still doing those things, sit down. Let's talk together. Maybe a weakness. Some people have what we call compulsion, obsessive compulsion. They can't stop it. Tear the card. Tear, you know what? Tear what? The card. Cut it up. Otherwise, when the embarrassment comes later, it's not going to be for just one person. <laughs> it's going to be for what? Everybody. And that includes young children, young adult children too. Praise the Lord. And the people of God say, Amen. I move on quickly. Number five point. Obey the instructions of the Lord to the letter. Jesus Christ's mother said to the disciples and to those following him, whatever he says to you to do, do it. Quit rationalizing what God says to you. Don't try to figure it out. There is great reward in simply obeying. Isaiah 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you, not any other person, you that is willing and obedient, you will do what? Eat of the fruits of the land. 
of the good of the land. You know, when Pastor preached that message in the thick of the pandem uh, pandemic, in lockdown, and he made um, uh, the young men come and fill the jar with water. All he was trying to demonstrate to us was, as they were bringing the water, it was theirs to just bring the water, pour it, keep pouring it. As they were told to do, they did. And the water, between exactly when the water turned or changed to wine, no one can tell. As long as we obey what he has told us to do, your miracle will come to pass in Jesus' name. As long as we obey the instructions he has given us, situations and circumstances will turn around in Jesus' name. These sons of this widow, the same instruction was given to them. Go and gather all the jars that you can get from the neighbors, from neighbor one, from the one on the end of the road. Just bring them, just bring them, keep bringing them. My question is, even at that point in time, you know Elisha, Elisha was not with them. And the instruction he has given to them is, just keep bringing it. So I can imagine that little, imagine this a little cruise of oil. And they brought the first uh, jar. And she was pouring. And the jar, uh, the first jar was filling up. But that little cruise of oil never stopped. Ah, is it true? Move from there. Go to another one. Start pouring. The cruise of oil never stopped. And the size, just imagine, the size of that cruise of oil never changed. But the oil kept pouring because she chose to obey the instructions of the Lord. I need that kind of miracle. I don't know about you, that that which you have tried and been using and testing, God says, go back and do it what? Again. And as you're doing it, you get a difference results. You get a different outcome. Because the size of that cruise never changed. But the oil kept pouring. May your oil keep pouring in Jesus' name. May your blessing keep going in Jesus' name. As long as you obey him who is giving you that instruction. Jesus said to Peter, let down your net. He has been letting down that net all night long and caught nothing. But he said, nevertheless, may you have a nevertheless encounter in the mighty name of Jesus. That the very thing that did not work, someone is here today. You're going to go back and apply for that same contract or same job. In fact, you just get an express answer saying to you, you have been chosen. You have been admitted. You have been accepted. The same people that you once spoke to and rejected you. The spirit of the Lord will have you know. Obey his instruction and see the miracle he would do. Because that's the God that we serve. Peter was told to let down the nets at the words of Jesus. My question to you today is what are you willing to let down? Are you willing to let down your money? Are you willing to let down your belly? Are you willing to let down your sleep? Because the instructions are tied to this. If you can't let down your money, you cannot give. If you can't let down your belly, you cannot fast. If you cannot let down your sleep, you cannot what? Pray. 
But the instruction is saying, get up, my daughter, and pray. It's not magic. It's miracle. God will turn your ridicule to a miracle in Jesus' name. He didn't say he will turn it to a magic. But God, before he does that, he will say to you, let down the nets. Go back and try. Keep pouring that oil. But will you obey that instruction? That instruction could be fasting. Personally, this is not because church called a fast. You just wake up. Ah! Why am I waking up today now? I've only just slept for three hours. That instruction is for you to pray ahead because you're going to go back and do the same thing that God is asking you to do and you will receive a miracle in Jesus' name. God will prompt you. God will prepare you. May the grace to receive that instruction may it be your portion in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because of time, I'll take this one very quickly. Miracles happen behind closed doors. That's why I was saying to us to highlight closed doors earlier on. Miracles what? Happen behind closed doors. What do I mean by that? Brethren, there is a place for allowing God to perfect his work in your life before you start announcing on social media. Social media has messed up many people's lives. It's meant to be a good tool, but many people have misused it. Misusing of social media messes you up big time. God is preparing something for you. Let him perfect it. Don't go and announce to the whole world. Don't let the whole world see. It is green. It is yellow. In fact, the, the, the leaves are coming out. Let it happen. In fact, when it happens, the Bible says, when the Philistines heard that David had been what made king, whether you announce it or not, they will hear. Forget it. They will hear. The story will go far. Miracles happen behind closed doors. Look at this. Permit me, I know time is well spent. If you look at that scripture, that same passage, because I'm very passionate about this one, because I've seen too many people mess many things up, or because they just cannot zip their mouth or put their hand in their pocket. Stop it. It is stop it. Stop it. Verse 4, 2 Kings, please. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 4 of it here says, which we read before, it says, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels. Now verse 33 of the same chapter. We didn't get to that because of time. But it's exactly the same. As I was reading these two passages, I was seeing similarities. I was seeing similarities. I said, God, Holy Spirit, you're just opening my eyes to certain things here. Verse 33, which we never got to. Still about the story of the Shunammite woman. This is when this same child that God blessed her with died. Look at the outcome. And when she had gone to call Elijah, when Elijah got there, verse 33 said, he went in therefore and what? Shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. There is a miracle. Miracles happen behind what? Closed doors. Brethren, there's, no, there's, there's a place for allowing God to perfect his work in your life before you start announcing it to people. You know the neighborhood of that widow. If the sons were going there, ah, ma, please, can we have a, yeah, please. And my mom said I should bring it. What do you need it for? The child has been told, just bring it. Just tell them your mom has what? Need of it. 
Even when Jesus told them to go and get the coat, he said, tell them that the Lord has what? Need. He didn't say, go there and tell them. Just watch out. Jesus is about to ride into Jerusalem as he's coming. The coat is going, no, 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 no. Whatever it is, go there. He told the sons, sons, go there and go and tell them. And they brought all the just. Imagine if they had already started announcing to the neighbor. Would their house not have been crowded with people? Some unbelieving spirits, some unbelieving fears, some unbelieving ideas would have been saying, uh, what miracle can happen? We'll watch it. Today, we'll watch it. Some people are watching your postings. Hey, that this thing, uh, we will see. We are all in this country. We will see whether this thing will happen. Don't announce yourself before your time. People are gathering to see your downfall. Don't put yourself even in their hands. Because the neighborhood would have gathered. And they would have made a field day. They would have mixed their unbelief with her faith. And perhaps the miracle would not have occurred. Equally, Mordecai told Esther. Recently, I just got this revelation more. Mordecai, I've been always wondering, why is it that Mordecai told Esther, do not tell them that you're a Jew. Do not. She married the king. And he still said, don't tell them that your identity. Because miracles happen behind closed doors. Why not? Permits me, I know time is well spent. This woman and her uncle and her generation, generation, they are all what? Slaves. But when she went and was chosen as one of the maids that were presented before the king and now became the queen. Imagine for a moment that she had gone to put on social media. And Esther became the queen. And Esther was chosen. In fact, you know what would have happened? Those fellow slaves, like, I don't like, like, I don't, and you know what? The king's, Amman would have said, hey, kingy, it is a slave that you chose as your queen. Mordecai said, don't even let it be known who you are. Until the right time. Until Haman had died. Until we have seen the end of Haman. Because Mordecai really had the vision of what was going to happen. That Esther was going to be used for the deliverance of the children of Israel. It's important that you know that miracles happen behind closed doors. When you start shouting and letting the whole world know what God is preparing you're calling in the enemy to ridicule what God is doing. May that not be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. Ruth was told by Boaz, let it not be known that you came even to this threshing floor tonight. For those who do not know, go and read as in chapter 3 or 4. Ruth had been sent to uh, Boaz. But she didn't go and live there and say, he has proposed to me. In fact, <laughs> the wedding is about to take place. You know why? Because there was still a nearest kinsman that could have taken Ruth as wife. Sometimes just wait and allow God to build it to a stage that you know it is ready. Praise the Lord. God is good. Is anyone being blessed today? Because as I was reading these passages myself, I was personally getting some revelations. And I said, Lord, grant me the wisdom to know when to speak. And when to be quiet. Many of us have done a disservice to us. And not because God cannot do what he wouldn't do. We have not obeyed God's instructions. We have not allowed him to do what he wants to do. 
We have not followed him to the letter. We have not gone beyond the level which we are in because we know God has blessed us so much, but you can still do more. And we are holding back. And holding back does not allow us to get to where God wants us to get to. I pray in the name of Jesus as we arise on our feet right now. I pray that that which you have received today, that the spirit of the living God will engraft it in your heart so that you'll be able to go forth even and walk with it and use it for your life, use it for your family, so that in this year of divine progress, you begin to see the manifestations of the Lord's doing in your life, in your family, in your situation. Receive the grace to obey the Lord always this year. Come against every spirit of rebellion, every spirit of disobedience in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to call upon the Lord. Lord, deliver me and my loved ones from every negative mindset of failure. The things that the enemy may want to use against me. In the name of Jesus, call upon the Lord to open your eyes to see what you have left. There is something in your hand. There is something he has blessed you with. There is something he wants you to use. Open your eyes. Pray to the Lord. Open my eyes to see that which I have left with me. Or call upon the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom to know when to speak. And wisdom to know when to be quiet. For miracles happen behind closed doors. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks goes to all our partners who support our ministry. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, you can call us on plus 44208-597-1110 or visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord be with you always until we meet next time.